0: What is going on y'all welcome back to another episode of the running and gunning podcast with your host justin Signin. i'm super stoked to have you all joining us today we got a great guest mike perry from northwest pennsylvania mike is a great dude a member of the lone wolf staff and the whitetail addictions um i've always wanted to talk with mike unfortunately we haven't been able to cross paths, so we figured this is a great way for us to get to catch up and uh I think you all have a lot to take away from this one. Mike is a very consistent, uh, running gun style hunter. And, um, I will let him, uh, you know, give the rest of his intro. But, uh, you guys get your notepads out and get ready. I think this one's going to be great. What's going on, Mike? How are you doing today?
1: Doing good. How about you?
0: Doing good, man. Uh, been running since 6 a.m. So we're recording this one in the afternoon. And, uh, I'm, uh, I'm glad we can get this time to sit down and, uh, and catch up, man. Yeah, definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, I uh, I know where you're at, uh, you know, I got a bunch of friends in Pennsylvania. I feel like almost more than any other state. Uh, I know a lot of people in different areas, but it's just cool how many uh, guys I get along with from Pennsylvania. It's like, you know, growing up near Maryland, I, I feel like, you know, I'm kind of right there with you guys.
1: Yeah. Great hunting tradition in PA. A lot of, a lot of really good hunters in the state, a lot of hunters period, but a lot of really good hunters. So yeah, Yeah, easy to relate to them.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Y'all are some great guys too. Always, always down to share knowledge, just like this one. So, uh, you know, I asked you a little earlier, um, what is like your favorite time frame? Would you consider yourself more of like you favor the rut to hunt?
1: Yeah, I mean, the rut was always my bread and butter. Um, I I learned at an early age that that was when I was going to have my best opportunities because, you know, back when I first started bow hunting in Pennsylvania, um, there was no antler restrictions or anything like that. Um, You know, 90% of the deer were getting killed at a year and a half old. So I I realized that if I wanted to shoot a nicer deer, I'd, I'd have to hunt, you know probably during a rut and find, uh, you know, some funnels and things like that, that I could, uh, you know, hop in and, and basically grind it out, you know, a lot yeah. of all day sits, <laughs> it, it, you know, what yeah. happened. In, in when the, you in first,
0: island. when you first started, uh, hunting like this, were you more of a climber guy or what was your favorite yeah. style?
1: Yeah. I mean, when I first started, you know, I was, you know, going around with, well, first I, in, in the mid '80s, when I first started bow hunting, it was an, a worn, sweet climber, it was like an old wooden, metal friggin' thing, you know. But uh, then I started running around with like a, a loggy, or a lock-on type with screw-in steps all over the place, you know. When they came out with the rope when it didn't make any noise, so I was all jacked about that, you know, because it had the rope to go around a tree. But but then I ended up getting the uh, hand climber, a loam of hand climber, like the mid '90s. And, uh, and that was, you know, changed the game because it's so quiet. Cause that, that, you know, I, I, I lost out on a lot of opportunities with stands that would make noise, you know, when you, when you move, your shifted your weight around. So that's why I've always been with lone wolf, you know, I've been using them
0: forever. So, yeah, I know, I know from, uh, working at the PA show, man, how many guys in your area absolutely love those climbers. Cause they always would come up even over the years like hey do you guys make your belts and i'm like uh we're working on that now we're in you know production of these belts and stuff and i know Mm -hmm. a lot of guys are super happy about it if i'm not mistaken uh i believe our new climbers dropping here real soon it should be uh shipping out for some of you guys that are waiting to get them in um not trying to give away information don't don't hold me to that but I've uh I've seen a couple of them and uh, I think a lot of guys are gonna be super stoked with those stands when they get them.
1: Yeah, I mean I have a point five and a 1.0, and and I'm planning on getting a point seven five too because you know sometimes I'll leave my stand up in the evening and and then go back there in the morning and if I get a picture in the middle of the night or if the wind switches or whatever I need to have another setup. But I also use that um, that hand climber still. And in fact, uh, was it two years ago? Not this past season the 20, 2021 season i i hunted out of my hand climber twice and killed both of my deer both my on awesome. pa buck those two days so you know i still i still use it and i'm looking forward to getting my hands on one of those one with the new the new climbers that are coming out so.
0: yeah man i you know i really wanted to get one too but living here in kentucky now it, i i'd really don't i don't think i would use it that often mm-hmm. um But I mean, that's where it all comes down to like finding the right stand for your set of woods. You know, I feel like the climbers have such an advantage in some areas because you've got way more open oaks and open timber where here I'm, I find myself hunting so low, man. Like every year it seems like I'm hunting lower and lower, um,
1: I've been doing I mean, the same thing for the last, uh, I don't know, four or five years now. I've been hunting lower myself. Now, my brother, um, who's also a good archery hunter, um, he he always hunted low because he was just definitely afraid of heights. And I remember, you know, going up, hey, I hit a buck, you know, I'd go over and I'd be like, you're freaking Stan. I can touch the platform on it. You know, I'm like, how do you do this? He's like, I just don't move. And, uh, you know, I, I realized over time that you can get a lot of better setups if you don't have to get up as high, you know. Yes. So now I, I, I've like uh, the one I only got to hunt twice so far this year because of my work. But and I've been taking my kids on my op- days. I've had opportunities. I've been taking the kids hunting instead of going by myself. But the one day I did go, I was literally like four feet off the ground. And, and I had I don't know, I had three or four different bucks come in at several does. Nothing seen me. They all walked right by me.
0: Yeah. It's so cool, man. I've had, I had one buck last year where I did that and he literally, I could have just grabbed him by the antlers. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, he was like, right. He wasn't, his tines were right below the, you know, the platform of the stand, and I was like, "This is pretty cool." Like, yeah. and I know if you would have told me that five or ten years ago, I would have laughed in your face. Like, no, there's no way. But
1: well, I can tell you how many different setups I passed up. You know, over the, I couldn't tell you how many past, the setups I passed up over the years because I thought I had to be 18 feet up. You know, right? And mm-hmm.
0: this don't have to be. So. Yeah, man, it's it's really cool, and you know, I know Cody. He challenged me one time. He's like, "Do not." take three sticks with you just take two and see how it goes and I still took three I don't know because sometimes I hunt these ridges and it's I like to be around 15 or 17 feet in those scenarios and if I'm going in blind I mean I feel like as much as one stick weighs like why wouldn't I you know why would I handicap myself but it is what it is you know, yep. it's all situational. I only,
1: two, any, I only carry two anymore. I don't even bother carrying more than two because I figure I'll make it work either way. I just, you know, as long as you, a lot of what the deer see in this movement, and, and as long as you're not moving, you could almost be on, you know, a pole and just, and, and they're, they're not going to, I don't, you know, they, they may notice you and stare you down. Um, like I had happened th- this year that one day I was out and I had all those bucks come in. The one buck did, he he, he saw me there for a second and he stared at me and then he put the head down and he looked back up and put the head down and looked back up and then he just went right back to feed and he didn't, you know, I didn't move and he didn't, he didn't care.
0: Yeah. Where do you, what are your uh, thoughts right now? Um, you know, if you're, you're getting ready to, you know, get into this November time frame, um, are you going to scout more than you're going to hunt? Or are you just going to hunt your way through the woods? Like you're going to set afternoon and then morning and continue on? Or is your approach going to be like, find that buck you want to kill first and then go after him?
1: Well, if, if I find a good funnel and, and I have like multiple targets in that area, you know, then I'll probably, you know, do like an all day sits. And and then if I'm not seeing anything on that, you know, say, I say I hunt a funnel and and I don't see because I'll I'll hunt the same spot several days Mm -hmm. in a row, you know, lots of times. Um, and that's if I have the access. So, you know, if I can get in and get out clean and all that, and I got a good wind and all that, um, that's, that's what I'll do. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so, you know, basically what I'll do is if I'm not seeing anything when I'm trying to hunt one of these funnels or whatever, I, I'll, then I get down and I, and I walk around and I scout, you know, I look for another spot, you know, that's what that's what I do, but I usually have a bunch of different funnel locations that I can go to, so, you know, that's what, that's what I'm going to do, but I do like to get down and scout, because, you know, I've shot a lot of deer midday, you know, uh-huh. some nice deer, but it seems like after... For whatever reason, the areas I hunt, like after two, I don't I don't see a whole lot, you know, and, and okay. a lot of places it's like, you know, morning, some stands, you know, some trees aren't going to be good for the morning and the evening, obviously, but, you know, I'm hunting, you know, a lot of deer, you know, like midday, I've shot a lot of deer, nine, 10, 11 o'clock, stuff like that, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I just haven't shot a lot on, in, in the rut in the evening time. And I don't know why that is, but I think that just on their feet more in the morning, I, th- I think that, you know, they're out cruising around because one would be a better time to, to find a doe than when she's stationary, you know what I mean? So, right. you know, where she's bedded up. So that, that's just what it, me and my buddies, we always used to call it the 10 to two factor, you know, and, you know, that's, that's what I w- would have a lot of success at nine, nine through one or two o'clock.
0: That's really interesting, man. I love that. I hope, uh, I hope you guys can, that's, for me, I think that's a solid, solid tactic. I uh, I know I've had a lot of experience with ten o'clock and on. Um, but I mean, have you ever thought or have you ever done this where you'll go in the woods in the morning and maybe scout your way in and set up for that time frame? Like if you're in a newer area. Oh yeah. Instead yeah, of okay, just throwing yeah. I have a hard time setting up in the morning sometimes and, you well, know, I, in I a don't... blind area.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, setting up blind in the dark is it, it, is not I'm not a fan of that. You know, that's yeah. why in a lot a lot of places that I'm hunting, you know, I've I've scouted them out already, you know, either you know recently, you know recently before I would go and hunt or else it was back in March or April or whatever. And then I have trees that I you know had picked out or you know a little small areas that I know that I can get into trees, different trees with different wind directions and stuff like that. So Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, and I, I've i noticed, like, for me, I take kind of take, like, this time frame if it's warm, um, you know, like, mid-October kind of time frame. And I'll take, like, an afternoon or something like that if it's going to be hot, and I'll set up sticks on private farms just for morning sets that are, mm-hmm. like, deeper in the woods and try to prep them a little bit, you know, like, set them up on good mock scrapes or, like, you know, existing scrapes coming out of bedding. And then I feel like those are kind of the high odds for a private piece. And then I'll get mobile in the afternoon. And that's how I've always approached rut hunting, you know, but I think I am going to hold on to that. And maybe, maybe some of these days, like, especially maybe around the full moon in the morning, just go scout my way in kind of around eight o'clock and then set up for that nine and sit the whole day.
1: Yeah, I, I, that's going to be a lot of my hunting this year is going to have to be um, like that because you know with my job I, I'm not getting out of there and I haven't this I just started there you know like three or four months ago and because uh, uh, my my last job had been eliminated so I had all this you know I'm used to having six weeks vacation and, and, and time to go hunting and now I have none you know so um, oh, since I don't get out of work until. One o'clock in the morning a lot of times and get home by the time I get home, it's like two. So it's hard to wake up and be in the tree at six in the morning. You know what I mean? So I'm going to do a lot of, you know, get my sleep, Go in at like eight nine o'clock and just you know scout my way in find, find a tree and climb it. Now of course you know I, I'm running cameras. I run a lot of cameras. I got cell cameras. I got regular cameras. So I know I, I've already got deer located. I know where bucks are. In fact, I I got one particular buck here in PA that I, I already called the day I could have killed him and it ended up happening. I was sitting with my son knowing the blind last Saturday morning and I knew that buck was going to come to that scrape. But and that's exactly what he did. And he's daylighted two times since then. And if I could just get in there and hunt yeah god that's terrible man (laughs) i feel
0: i feel so bad for you that is uh Uh, that's not not a fun boat to be in
1: i've basically uh, i've molded my life around archery hunting since you know the mid 80s and, and i've always had jobs that i could hunt a lot but you know um right now i have to you know, do what I have to do, and it's only you know it's a second shift job, so it's it's what it is, what it is and and there's no two ways around it. So yeah, it's going to have to make the best of it. But I, you know, coming up here, right, I love this time frame right now. I mean, we're recording what is it, the 18th? Yeah, uh, right now, and I, I some of my better buck pitchers every year are on scrapes. Right around now, so yeah. um, and and it could be ten in the morning. This this buck I told you about that that I'm hunting in PA, I I, I had him daylight at like at eight thirty four, three fifty something in the afternoon. Yesterday it was five oh six. I mean, it, it could be any time that he's. There, yeah. There's no rhyme or reason to it. You and know, he's a mature buck on public land in Pennsylvania, so he's not stupid. But he's right. walking around with some thick stuff, you know. So let's just make the best of it and make it work.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I agree 100%. And it's kind of cool to uh get to predict when a buck's going to move. I did that for my wife the other day. We had my mom's in from out of town, you know, and I'm like looking at her and I'm like, babe, like, I really don't have anything to target, but I've got this buck if you want to kill him. <laughs> and she was just kind of like, oh, you know, like, I'm really not feeling 100%. Like, okay. And yeah. I was like, I I was like, I bet you $100 that deer shows up tonight. Daylight. Bam. <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah. And I'm like, that kind of stings a little bit, because. And then just the other day, I somebody shot him in the shoulder. He's oh, got a geez. big old hole in his shoulder, and I'm like, I was like, that kind of sucks. I hope I'm sure he'll be okay. I know they're tough, but man, it, it doesn't look pretty. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what's your uh, what's your favorite like setup for uh, let's say like you know that that rut time frame? Are you running the .5 much, or are you more the 1.0?
1: Well, I just got to .5 this year, so I've hunted out of it twice. <laughs> but, okay. um, you know, I, I, I've been running that 1.0 since they came out with it but uh that's why i got the 0.5 because you know last year i started hunting um the allegheny national forest a bit in pennsylvania which is you know hill country you know mountainous type area and totally different than the farmland and flatland that i'm used to hunting around here and i noticed carrying the 1.0 with with you know my sticks and my camera equipment and all that it was a little bit heavy so i was you know up and down the hills is the problem you know you're going up right. and down the hills. They're, they're no joke and so uh, that's why i wanted to get the 0.5 but now it looks like i'm even get the hunt in the Allegheny <laughs> Forest this year because I just I just I'm not going to have the time. You know what I mean? Because you know my days off are Fridays and Saturdays, and I got my kids on Saturday, and they want to hunt. You know, and they played football on Friday, so you know I can't. I I, I just you know this year's just you know it's just going to be uh, it's going to be a tough one for me. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm sorry, dude. I feel for sorry. you. That's a bummer. Sorry. I mean, I've had 36 or
1: 38 years of, you know, hunting as much as I wanted, basically. So, you know, every once in a while, you got to take one on the chin, I guess.
0: I hear you. Why don't you give us a a great, like, one of your favorite rut hunting bucks, like a good breakdown of, like, that hunt and and maybe what clued you in on him? Was it uh, just one of those, you know, he was running down a funnel area or, I mean, was there one specific that was maybe you targeted during the rut? Um.
1: Yeah. Actually, a, a buck I shot in 2018 over in Ohio. I, I called him Boss Hog. He, I'd had pictures, and, and I've told this story before. So some people are probably like, I don't want to hear this again. But, but you know, I mean, I definitely targeted targeted him. You know, but it wasn't an actual funnel situation. Um, it was uh, through because I had been getting pictures of him since 2012. So he was like a two and a half year old then. So when I shot him, he was eight and a half and uh he would would travel this particular trail that you know kind of like paralleled split like a bedding area almost in half but it, you know he he would he would come from like the northwest and travel down to the southeast and he'd run this trail well over years i mean it took me time to figure that out but that, that you know that that was one of my more favorite you know, um Hunts because, you know, I I wanted to kill this deer for a few years and I could never lay eyes on him. And then I just kept looking at the, the pictures and, and then I finally I was like, you know, he's cutting this trail and then he can cut right, you know, cut right through these, you know, these bedding areas. Basically, he's traveling, you know, parallel to him so he can smell everything upwind of them you know and he was making his way down and crossing a creek so normally i like you know like in the rut i like to hunt on creeks like on benson creeks i like to mm-hmm. use water for access but this is you know this this the, the creek was quite a ways down for me but basically he was just cutting through so he could be the most efficient you know and check for does and i was always trying to hunt him where i was getting pictures of them you know and that wasn't working out for me because he wasn't walking on the winds that i i thought i needed hunt those stance. So, um, this time I just went in there with the high pressure with actually totally wrong wind. And he came in, you know, straight downwind of me. Well, not straight cause he didn't walk a straight line. He was walking parallel with me, but he, he came on that trail and, and even with the wind blowing towards him, because my, you know, I had the high pressure, it was a really cold day. The sun was out and my, the milkweed was floating straight up and and uh he, he came right down like I was hoping. Now I'd, of course I did I didn't know he was gonna do it that day for sure, but I, I figured that I had a really good chance in that spot. And only, you know, the only thing I was worried about was the duck hunters had been pounding the crap out of the ducks in there the day before that I went in there to hunt. And I mean I could hear them. I was hunting across the road and I could hear them in there just shooting and shooting and shooting. And I'm like, this can't be good, you know. But I, yeah. I just said you know, I, I I I quit letting stuff like that worry me. You know, mm-hmm. I used to worry about stuff like that. I used to worry about, you know, pressure, but the the, the day that buck's going to get up and walk, you got to be there and, it, and yeah. you can't, you know, you got to be aggressive. You can't just just sit around and, you know, wait for the perfect conditions because it just doesn't always happen that way.
0: No. Now, was he a deer that showed up at a specific time for you year after year? And that's kind of how you targeted yeah. during the rut? Is that what it was?
1: yeah. That buck, he he didn't always just live on that farm, and I find that a lot in Northeast Ohio, or this was in Northeast uh-huh. Ohio. Even though it's it's thick as as can be, there's food everywhere, there's does everywhere. These deer travel. A long, long way. And this buck would always be in there in that early November time frame. In fact, for whatever reason, this farm, and it must be the the does on this farm, you know, maybe a lot of them come in the heat, you know, early in November instead of like mid-November. And that's why there's, but a lot of bucks start moving in there. And I've shot a a lot of deer over the years, like that second through the fourth November time frame, the Mm -hmm. fifth seventh you know but second and the fourth are probably i've probably shot more deer on those two days the other the, the next one in line would be like the 10th of november like okay. the second and the fourth are my are, are my favorite
0: it was interesting i was asking ryan glitzky uh you know last week about that and he was telling me his favorite days were pretty much like the same like november second to the 10th time frame and mm-hmm. i've had i've had my most success too like november fourth and fifth i think i've killed a collective like six or seven pope and young deer on those days um it's it's definitely interesting to get everybody's approach some guys really favor like that early october time frame i've never really had that much luck you know around earlier october and i I almost want to do it for myself just to like prove like you know (laughs) I yeah, can do I mean, a, you know, plan.
1: last year I, I was into the deer in early October, and I yeah. usually never, you know, I, what happened was my job that I was at for eighteen years, I got it got eliminated, and my last day was September like twenty ninth or whatever. So I, I had like you know uh, a severance package and all that so i had like all the hunting season off paid it was just the best thing that could ever happen but but i was hunting you know um every day every freaking day i was out there and just hopping around from place to place and i saw a lot of nice bucks in early october and i had some close calls and uh, i actually passed one up that had broken his his rack off and he was a, a really good good buck and um you know, so I, I was on the deer in early October. You just got to follow that food around, you know, and stay close to where they're bedding. And that first food out of the beds, you know, it seemed like that's where I was 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 uh, seeing the good bucks, you know? Um, you know, acorns or if it's apples or whatever, just something close to where they're bedding at, you know, not 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 the primary food source you're going to later. But just, you know, if you could find that, it seemed like that I was on it. It was white oaks for me last year. I was, I was on them pretty good just didn't connect on one, but I had opportunities.
0: Yeah. As far as like, uh, during the rut, do you, how much, uh, you know, factor goes in for, uh, like food and water into like your rut hunting? Um, I've, I've kind of learned, uh, kind of like mid November, if I haven't tagged one yet, that a lot of them really start to kick back on the food and start to hit water sources a lot. Like and I guess that's from just being maybe dehydrated from running dough so hard. Um, but I have a water hole here at, at my house and I have another one at another place and I've learned a lot of these bucks, just they will hammer water over and over during daylight.
1: Well, around here, I don't think... Th- that water is an issue because I live by Lake Erie and, and, and there's okay. a dew point like it's So they, they probably get plenty of water from the vegetation and, and, and whatever. I mean, I, I never really hunted water, uh, you know, a, wa- a water source, really. I mean, now I've hunted Kentucky before down around Lapland area, up you know, it's west of Louisville. And, mm-hmm. and and i know how hot it can be there you know yeah. but but uh, so so that's probably more so for you know the area you're in but um as far as food goes food's king because no matter what it's either early season the bucks are trying to to, to put on the weight and, and put on the feed bag, or or later in the season they're they're doing that again but it's always the does are always going to be around the food you know so eat, right food's king no matter what you got to have have food and that's why i always like to hunt these you know like uh, i i don't know they're not destination you know food sources these are these, like secondary things you know apples acorns you know just browse in uh thick areas or right off of thick areas um if i can have does that are bed and close by then uh, that's the type of thing i'm looking for and and i like to use that like i said with with funnels and you know Bends and creeks, you know that outside bend in a creek, using that water to get a to get across, you know, get you get across the creek, and then you're right there on that bend. You know, you're not you're not leaving any you know your, any scent around or anything, and you're hunting deer that are just funneling through an area, you know, through bedding areas that that. Uh, and and if you can associate that with food, you know, it's, it makes it even better. But that's the type of you know what I'm looking at in the rut.
0: Yeah. Do you find like it's kind of harder for you to is there a lot of funnel areas around where you're at in like the Northern part? I know you mentioned yeah. it was kind of flatter. I haven't been it's- up there yet. So
1: yeah, it's flat, but I mean, a funnel to me is not I don't go on, uh, you know, uh Spartan forge and look at, you know, look for funnels. I, I, I find these funnels. I'm, i I talk more like funnel places that funnel, you know, areas that funnel deers movement, you know, and travel. Yeah. That's, that's a right. like a rough funnel to me. So it, okay. it, it could be all unbroken, you know, thick woods. But you know, right. if there's some sort of uh, um, barrier, like water, for instance, or you know, a, a beaver dam or whatever, then then they're it's going to funnel their their movement. So that's the type of funnel I, I got it. You. Not, not, not your okay. hourglass shape type of you know pinch right. point or anything like that.
0: And I, and I figured that I wanted to clarify for some guys that might not realize, like, you know, you were talking more flatter ground than like hills Mm -hmm. and holler kind of funnels. And, you know, I really like the same thing. Even I feel like those are great areas to hunt all season, really. Like those hardwood to softwood edges and stuff like that. Um, and I've. I don't know. I mean, every patch of woods is different, but you know, when you can look on a map and you can see the pines and where they separate, I mean, it's kind of a easy, easy way to scout and look through everything. Do you, uh, do you focus much on, um, you know, what trees to focus on as far as like, you know, how much thought do you put into that, uh, like maples and other food sources and such?
1: Um, you're talking for a food source or you're talking for a setup and, uh, um, with your stand
0: for food sources. Like well, I know, I, I, really I know like Andre, Andre, I'm sorry. No, Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So Andre's mentioned, he really likes to focus. Like when those maples start to turn, he said that a deer will just devour, you know, those fresh yellow maple leaves that drop. And I've noticed that too, but I mean, you know, you gotta have maples around where you're hunting to to key in on it but he said it's like a short window that they really do favor those
1: yeah that would be short a real short window because that would and that would probably be within like the next week or so here when when, when they start dropping um yeah. you know they're, they're already turning colors but now i you know like i said I, i've been mostly a rut hunter most of the years now like at, at, since trail cameras have been around i've been you know trying to do do more hunting on you know in October, you know, it, on scrapes and things like that. But I hunt a lot of apple. I like apples. I like apple orchards. I like, you know, acorns. If you can find white oaks, it's even better. That's why I like Ohio. You hunt these, uh, you know, creek systems and that. They have them swamp white oaks in them, and the deer hammer those things. I mean, when they're falling, they're, they, they, you know, they, they'll bed right there, you know, and just, yeah, they, they'll sit there and listen to them hit the ground all day and get up and go. You know,
0: mm-hmm. that's,
1: that's what they do. But um as far as maple leaves, I've never really hunted maple leaves. I've heard that before, but like you say, it would just be a, a few days. I think you'd be able to take advantage of that. And, you know, for years I would take my vacation from like the 25th of October in through the middle of November. So I, I would probably be missing that for the most part. Not that I yeah. never got out in October. I just, you know, would spend most of my time grinding in from late October through November.
0: Yeah, I've, I've just noticed like we don't have a ton of maples here and it's one thing that I've keyed in on like around this time frame and it's kind of interesting like I, just last year I noticed uh, a lot of the does like to hang out and eat those things and they'll bed nearby and then they'll just come over and almost like there's corn on the ground or something and just mow down like a lot of these maples and keep moving on. But I've seen... Probably, oh, go ahead. I've seen does and bucks do the same thing. I mean like... It's like the bucks are just in tow right around there. I'm like checking them, and I think it's a can be a great little place to key in on if you, if you've got one secluded maple.
1: Yeah, especially if you. Uh, that's what I was going to say is if there's less of them around, then then that's going to draw them in. You know, that would be like if you're hunting a woods that has no acorns, and then you find a couple. You'd find you know, one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then then you know that they're going to be coming there type of thing. But around here, I mean, there's maples, you know, out the ass around here. So, like, there's – the the deer could just be anywhere. That's the same thing with, like – one of the reasons why I've always been, you know, more or less a, a rut hunter than a, you know, like a bed hunter, because it's not like I mean, I, I understood what a bed, buck bed was back in the '80s. You know, when you're finding rubs in beds that you, when you're scouting, you know that there's a buck bedding there. But there's so many of them, and it, and it, 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 you know, it's so random. They don't they don't seem to s- the bed in the exact same areas around here, and it's you know it's so thick they could be the one farm I hunt in Ohio. It's 500 acres. I mean, they, they could be. Bedded anywhere they want on that farm, you know, and sometimes even right in the fields, you know. So if it's corn, mm-hmm. they're in the corn, you know. I mean, there's so many places where they're, they have security cover, they can get away from stuff.
0: Yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more, dude. And I've been in the same boat, honestly. So, man, I wanted to ask you uh, you've started an awesome uh, little Facebook group uh, called Year Round Bow Hunter where you know you we have a ton of top end hunters in this group that are contributing to some great topics all mobile hunting related um why don't you give a little breakdown on that uh you know that was your creation correct
1: well uh a friend of mine jason phillips um um actually bought my bow off of him. I I never met the guy, but I've been friend, you know Facebook friends for, you know, a long time. We always talk about hunting and stuff like that. And I'm sure you have tons of hunting friends like that that you've probably never met before, you know. Uh-huh. But uh he he asked me about um you know if I'd be interested in joining it and and uh, basically, you know, he's he set it all up and uh I was doing a lot of scouting videos at the beginning cuz you know, I had more time than I haven't been able to get much on there myself lately, but I plan on doing more, you know, as soon as I start being able to get in the woods here, I've just been waiting for the right time, you know, to, to get out and hunt. And right now is, is getting to be the right time. So.
0: Yeah. You know, like absolutely, I, said, man.
1: I said earlier, I was going to be doing more hunting in, you know, in the mornings, you know, midday stuff before I go to work. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't account for is like how much time we actually spend in the woods, you know, hunting and a lot of people, I think some people portray just like, Oh, well, you know, I don't hunt much. I just scout. And it's like, all of us are different. I find myself just grinding out every single season and then it finally comes together. But I mean, as far as for your end of things, I mean, are you, uh, are you more of like the, in the same mode? Do you feel like you just grind out every season or is it happen yeah, quick for you?
1: Good. And, and, you know, it's the only my only hobby. So, so uh, yeah. other than a little ice fishing or whatever, but yeah, I mean, I, I It's basically an all year thing. You know, that's why we went with the, the year round bow hunter, trying to get that across. That you know, th- this is something that, we, you know, I, yeah, yes, we're successful. You know, in most years we're we're successful, but it, it's because we are. You know. Doing this all year long, you know this never right. ends. You know the day the season ends is the day the new be- season begins. You know for for me and a lot of guys, you know that are successful, it's just uh, you know so you're basically gr- you're grinding it out all year long because you're taking all your extra time and you're going out and you're scouting and you're you're, you're checking out new areas or you're revisiting old areas. You know, it's amazing sometimes, you know, this one farm that I hunt in Ohio. I've been hunting here since the 90s and I find stuff that, that you know, I, I I find I'm just like, "Why didn't I ever hunt this particular yeah. spot before?" You know, a, after after scouting and I do a lot of the like, you know, I I that's when I really will go into bedding areas and 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 find beds and and what I think are, you know, places where bucks are bedding in a certain area. Say it might be a 10 acre Area or whatever, and I'll start following all these trails out and trying to find, you know, where does this trail bend so that he goes from having a crosswind to a nosewind? And then I can use that as my advantage, come in, access it from, say, the, the, you know, say there's a west wind and he's going to go feed in the field up in the west. And I'm going to access it from the north. He's betting to the south. And He's going to walk a wind with that west wind, crosswind. And then right where that trail curves up and he heads with the nose wind into that food source, I can be, you know, right there. And, he, and it's bulletproof because he's not, you know, he's got the wind advantage the whole time. And then, boom, right, right. It's a chink in the armor type of thing, you know, looking mm-hmm. for stuff like that, you know. And, and it's all year long, you know. I, I'm, I'm scouting, you know, from the time the season ends. Till it begins, you know. In the summertime, it's more using cameras for my scouting, um, you know, or glassing or whatever, you know. But um, as far as boots on the ground, I'm I'm doing a lot of that, you know, basically all year long.
0: Yeah. Do you find more value in postseason scouting uh, for the rut versus in season, or what's your ratio? Well, would you say?
1: I like the postseason scouting is good if you're if, for, for rut funnels and for finding funneled areas and stuff like yeah. that. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, a lot of the sign that you find in the postseason, you, you, you know, you have to take it with a grain of salt because if the crops are different, you know, um, that, that the deer, it could be different or the, the deer could be dead, you know, or, or not make it. Right. I, I don't know how many times I've had bucks that I know for a fact made it through the season and then they never, ever show back up again the next year. So whatever yeah. happens to them. So you, you have to, you use that, uh, post-season for me is to figure out the lay of the land, how the deer travel through there, find access in and out. And then, you know, you fine tune it as, as you get closer to the season and during the season, you know, yeah. with that, that's set up there.
0: Yeah. No. And it's really interesting. Everybody's kind of a little different on that. I know, um, Ryan and I were talking and he said he focuses a lot on late season, uh, you know, or that post season scouting for his, Mm -hmm. his like spots he's going to hunt, hunt. But, um, I think it also plays part that you're more in ag country versus he's more in mountain country. Um, so it's, it's a little different variables there, but I'm with you. Um, I've learned that a lot too, man. Like for some reason, like I have a a whole huge group of solid three year old bucks, you know, let's say two and three year old bucks and they all make it. And then where are they to be found? You know, maybe I find one or two out of 10 Mm -hmm. and it's it's terrible. And I'm like, why? Yeah.
1: The farm that I shot my buck in last year in Ohio, um, it's a smaller farm, like 120 acres. And it gets hammered by the Amish that live around there. But uh, Mm -hmm. there was like seven bucks that to me were shooters that were on and off of that farm throughout the season last year. And that I had, you know, visuals of pictures of encounters with blah, blah, blah. I shot my buck November. I think it was it was the fourth last year. So um, and and every single solitary buck on that farm lived except for the one I killed. So yeah. I had pictures of them, in fact, seven of them. There were seven of them hanging together in the wintertime, and every one of them was alive. And this year, I have had a run of cameras in there since June. Ten, I have 10 cameras on that farm, and, uh, and you know, I've, only the one buck has showed up so far. Now I haven't gotten back there to check the cards in like, you know, a week or two, but, you know, I have a couple cell cameras in there and I have a bunch of, you know, regular SD cameras in there and all those books is like, they just decided they this year now, nah, I ain't feeling it, you know, and, you know, it might be because this year it was all beans instead of, you know, usually they have beans and corn and uh maybe they're, they're all out where the corn is or whatever because that happens a lot around here i mean i don't know how much yeah. corn you guys have in kentucky or whatever but you know right I around mean, here you yeah. know, there's a lot of corn and corn's king seems like this time of year with with the deer you know especially the colder it gets um and they'll, they'll they bed in there you know and they, they 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 rut in there they live in there you know so yeah. the, the, the bucks might all be where the corn is that's i'll have to find out when i get over there so
0: no, it, it's spot on, uh, that you're saying that because I'm thinking in my head and like the farm that I'm referring to, it was in beans this year and I don't have a fraction of the deer that I had last year when it was in corn. So yeah. is that why, uh, you know, we, I'm in a predominantly ag country area, honestly. Um, so I'm, I'm with you and it, it really surprises me how many people around here don't think that the deer are bedded in the corn. And I'm like, dude, they live in there. Like, what do you, what do you think? And they're like, oh no, they, well, why would they? And I'm like, that just goes to show like, you know, I guess like experience and stuff, but you can tell right away when you get up in a tree and sit on, sit in a field edge and just listen, you can hear them in there moving around, especially a good buck.
1: Yeah. I, I, I know when I was younger, I didn't, I didn't think about them bedding in the corn. I would, I would sit, you know, this was years and years and years ago, but I would sit like on the edge of a cornfield and think the deer are going to come out of the woods, you know what I mean, and go uh-huh. into the corn. But it isn't always like that. In fact, that that um, buck I shot that was on Addictions uh, episode, that was uh, I sat that was uh, on the inside corner of a of standing cornfield, and um, I sat that stand three days in a row. Now I scouted in the middle of the day, but I sat that stand three days in a row, and all the deer came out of the corn. Every single deer that I saw came out of the cornfield and, um, you know, I saw good bucks every sit. That's why I kept going back because um, the way the wind was blowing through there, I was able to, you know, go all the way down and around the square. So basically um, instead of, so I wouldn't blow my, my wind into that standing corn, I went all the way down to the very bottom of the property where I was able to walk and walked all the way across and then came up. So I went way out of my way to hunt that spot and and it paid off and and the the deer were in the corn especially what the main thing was the does were in there and then bucks were coming through and you could just see this corn stalks you know flopping around here they're grunting and you know the does would come out but yeah so
0: yeah i agree with you man it is there's nothing more exciting than like hearing a grunt or two and just knowing that something's coming through that corn and you're just pumped right on the edge of it i mean yeah i don't know get your heart pounding i love it i definitely i uh it's really kind of a bummer um i say that but you know it's i guess it's a double-edged sword a lot of the corn got cut here because it's been so dry um like i feel like some of them are in the corn and i've i've really had a hard time i found this is a great example i found a great cluster of like three really nice scrapes right and Mm -hmm. trees shredded right there to me, it's, it's, I think it's a mature buck that I know of, but I don't, I don't really want to kill him. Um, and I was like really torn on how to hunt this spot Well, like what wind direction to hunt this spot. Cause to, if you're looking at it like North, South, East, West, imagine looking at a, a square field and where the, uh, actual scrapes that I'm referring to, they're on the North end. And then there's a really nice bedding area on the east end of it, and then on the west it's kind of more of an open pasture land. So, mm-hmm. like, if you look at the way the wind's gonna blow, like north or south, like I- I'm just really torn on like, do I hunt it with my wind blowing into the woods, or do I hunt it with my wind blowing into the corn and. Mm-hmm. How would you approach that? Do I just throw a sit and get blown at and I'll figure it out? I mean.
1: (laughs) Well, one one advantage that you have when you, if you can pick the day, you know, you get a day where you got a high pressure coming in. And you mm-hmm. got you know a, a cold, and, and, and I know Kentucky's weather is totally different than what we have around here. But you know, you get that cold day with the sun out. You know, in the mornings it seems like your thermals rise. You know, yeah. and, and they maybe may you know I'm now I'm hunting flatland. It could be totally different where you're hunting at. But um, yeah. th- for me, that, that's what I would do. I would try and pick. You know, um, make a that a wood. morning sit. Yeah. A morning set for sure. Um, Or, you know, if you could find, like I said that last year, that situation with the inside corner, it was perfect because the wind was blowing out of the Southwest and it was kind of blowing like across the cornfield down towards the corner I was sitting in. And those deer, when they, when they walked, one thing about when you're hunting around that standing corn is they, they walk up and down the rows. So like, I don't, see much evidence that they walk through the roads you know like going through you know of course maybe to get from one place to the other but for the most part they're walking up and down the row you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so when you get to that bottom of that field you got you know when they plant those fields they they plant them the long you know whatever's going to be the longest way they can get the tractor in and then they're going to go across uh, the bottom or the outside edges and have, so the rows are going to go two different directions. And the nice thing about that is in that corner there, you got the deer that are, that are following the rows, the one direction, and you got the deer that are coming down, following the rows, the other direction, you know what I mean? Okay. So, um, something like That's that, dynamite. something like that, and, you know, th- th- I actually mm-hmm. just funnels the movement right into that spot.
0: So you'll, you'll try to anchor towards like the corner of that on a good wind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay i've honestly i've never heard about that mike i mean it, it makes complete sense i've just overlooked that you know but, yeah, and yeah. that's a kind of the tough thing this it's our woods is so thick dude and it's like i know a couple trees i could get in but it is going to be extremely tight quarters and i'm just I don't know. You know, no balls, no bucks kind of thing. Yeah, uh, that, but, um, that's the
1: problem around here too, man. It, it's thick. I mean, and, and yeah. like that, that particular uh, farm right there, um, well, I went in there for the fr- – I sat there on the 2nd, November 1st. Fir- uh, uh, it was no November 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. I shot on the 4th. And on the 2nd, I went in there, you know – Basically blind in the dark, had a, you know a, 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 a area where I wanted to hunt, wasn't sure what tree I was going to get in. Climbed up in a tree, it had a big scrape that you know I had a, a, a cell camera on, and a, and, and a mature buck had hit it the day before, and it just wouldn't work out. So I had to. I looked around, I, I found a, a better tree, you know, and it was you know like eight o'clock in the morning. I just I broke that, tore down, went got in the other tree. I'm just like, man, it's kind of thick here. I can't shoot that spot. Sure enough, you're comes 150 inch 10 point follow in a doe walks right 20 yards right past me can't shoot limbs and stuff in a way i couldn't that's why i had to reposition my stand again after that and then finally that evening i, I cut some branches down and stuff like that so i'd have a shooting lane and then yeah. i you know ended up going back to going back to that and hunting that a couple more days and i you know saw a lot of really good bucks in there so i yeah. ended up finally killing one
0: that's what I'm getting ready to go do here shortly, dude. I'm going to go hit uh, one of my favorite farms and get it prepped. Just a couple morning sets prepped and uh for, you know, for the rut when it comes in and mm-hmm. I feel like that really helps my odds in the morning. Like I can go be mobile in the afternoon, but in the mornings I really want to have a game plan for different wind directions and like high high probability areas on those funnel areas like you're saying. But well dude, I'm going to close this one out. I got one question for you. Um, if you could go back in time ten years, uh, and you could talk to your younger self, what is one of the the biggest um things that you feel like you know you could have helped yourself be a more efficient hunter when you were younger?
1: One of the one of the things that, that one of the big mistakes I made back then was you know um, I was all into you know numbers you know killing as many. You know, you want you you you, when you're you you go through different stages, and I I always wanted to you know shoot a lot of deer, and I couldn't tell you how many deer I shot with a bow over all these years. You know, hunting three states for a long time. You know, but but I would shoot does in like I would use October to shoot does, which is fine if you're doing it somewhere where you're not planning on trying to kill a buck and i learned over time that those does that i was going in and taking out if i would have just paid more attention to you know where they were living cuz a lot of times they're predictable and when those does mm-hmm. are predictable it, then you can predict when the bucks are going to be there. So I was basically shooting myself in the foot. You know, I was shooting does in October that if I would have just let go, I probably could have capitalized on a, a mature buck, you know, in November, uh, because using it to advantage, you know, where those does were feeding, how they were traveling, you know, um, where, you know where they were going to go, you know, where they were going to bed, where they were going to feed and use that all to my advantage. So that's definitely a big mistake I made. Also, I'd just tell myself to just be more patient. You know, the, the world isn't going to end if you don't kill the buck that you want. You know, just have fun because I used to stress myself out over, you know, I have to kill, a, you know, a big buck. for a, a big buck around here is totally different than a big buck in, you know, other states or whatever. But, you know, I would stress myself too much, you know, whereas now, I you know, I just I try to go about just having more fun with it And uh, not worrying so much about, you know, shooting the biggest buck in the square all the time. You know, it's more uh, important to me to... To enjoy the experience and not stress myself out. And also one other thing, there's a lot of things that I I quit worrying about uh, scent control the way I did back then, because I'm a much more happier guy now that I don't, you know, um, you know, live my life by, you know, everything. I have to make sure that I don't, don't leave a, you know, speck of odor on myself. I just, that just was another thing that I, I just couldn't, I just couldn't stand doing. It didn't make it fun. So now I just don't even worry about it.
0: You know, Absolutely, so. man. I could not agree more with all three of those things that you just said. I'm guilty of shooting does in October. I almost throttled one last night. and Maybe it was just a blessing <laughs> in disguise. I didn't. Um, I don't know. I, I enjoy shooting them, but you're spot on. You really need to go somewhere that, uh, you're not trying to kill a buck and shoot a doe. Um, exactly. I think that's a, a very solid tactic. I hope all you guys take that one to the bank. But, Mike, it's been such a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for your time. I know you're such a busy guy, and I, I've really, really enjoyed this one, dude. How can some of our guests keep up with you, man, if they have any questions?
1: Well, I'm on Facebook. Just It's Mike Perry. Um, I do have an Instagram account, Mike Perry North, but I still don't even understand the whole Instagram thing. I'm, I'm an old guy. I mean, like I, I joke with the dudes at work that, um, you know, I'm not a computer guy because when I was a kid, the only computer they had was at NASA. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I love it, man. Chance to play with that thing, but yeah, and then we have the year-round bow hunter that you mentioned on Facebook. So you know, you could yeah. probably the best way would be Facebook, year-round bow hunter, or uh, Mike Perry.
0: Yeah, you guys definitely uh, get online and get on these groups. There's a ton of knowledge being dropped, and uh, I'm sure you guys will enjoy it. Mike, thank you again, man. I uh, we wish you the best this season. Hopefully, you get some time. Uh, if not, you know, call in sick. <laughs>
1: Hey man, as long as I get to watch my kids, hon, that's the main thing right now. So that's that's that's, that's what I'm focusing on, and I'll, I'll I'll kill one. It'll happen. Yeah,
0: I'm sure you will, dude. Thanks again, brother, and uh, hopefully you guys uh, have some great luck this season. I know it's just getting ready to heat up, so we'll say some prayers for you, man.
1: All right, thank you.
0: You good luck yes, to you too. Thanks, dude. We'll catch you all next week. All right. thanks again for tuning in this week guys really appreciate all of you hope you're having a great season hopefully uh, this weekend and into next week is going to be dynamite i feel like for all of us here in the midwest uh really across across the board um we wish you all luck Uh, stay safe out there if you guys didn't know lone wolf custom gear is uh still holding their sale for Oktoberfest. if you go online you can purchase any of our stands uh, 0.5 0.75 1.0 or the 2.0, and you get a bundle of $260 value with a waist pack, J-hooks, there's a couple straps for securing some gear, and I believe the bow holder. So get online guys, Uh, when you order your stand, just um, go into the discount code and type in LWCG Oktoberfest. And uh, we're going to close today's segment out with a quote I really like from Andy Fursilla. Andy says, you can look forward or you can look backwards, but you can't look the same way at the same time. I hope that finds you guys today. Hopefully uh, you guys are out there grinding uh, this weekend and we are wishing you nothing but the best. Looking forward to uh, catching up with you all next week.